Hello, welcome to a McLaren Fans Podcast. Joining me this week is Andy. Say hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. And Mark. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. Right. Um, well, where should we start? Let's have a bit of a chat today about, let's start with testing, and then let's go on to the race weekend. So, who wants to go first? Who wants uh, to open that Pandora box? <laughs> right, testing is designed to find flaws. Testing is designed to find the weaknesses, to find the errors, and to basically find out how we can go faster. I think we did all right. We found flaws, we found things to improve, and I think we worked on them to improve. I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always wary of when we kind of go testing and you find nothing wrong. Unless you're the Red Bull that found nothing wrong, then you're kind of like, hmm, hang on, this is a bit suspicious. There's always going to be something that doesn't quite work right. There's always going to be, you know, this that needs to be redesigned slightly or this that needs to be tweaked or something like that. And what what got me was that we're always going to find bits and pieces. Maybe we didn't get the running that we wanted to or anything like that, but, you know, literally we had three days of testing. Yeah. We used to have 10 days of testing a couple of years ago for the season. That's a hell of a cutback. So It's go the back same for everyone, though. I think that's the counter to that. I mean, that we... no, sorry, sorry. I said it's, the, it's the same for everyone. I think, you know, the three days testing and we, we can't sort of, you know, we, there's no sort of extra thing we can really hide behind this year like we did last year when Dan was missing for a bit, wasn't it? We, we, uh, we'll go back to when we had the tobacco sponsorship and there was loads of money in F1 and we were testing every minute of the day on a private test track somewhere yeah. to come to having three days of testing at some uh, I know it's done for the right budgetary reasons, but three days is not a lot of time. No, especially if something goes wrong. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be so worried if it was like three days one week and then three days towards the end of the ne- another week. That would make a lot of sense. But I guess, yeah, it's it's not a lot of time to test, especially if something goes wrong. It doesn't give you a lot of time to, to adapt and change stuff and kind of get things fixed. Um, but... On the other hand of that, you know, we, we got there, we got had a car that actually could leave the garage and go and do laps, which, you know, previous testing, even when we've had two weeks of it, we've had times where that was just not happening. I think um, the first time I actually so well, a few years ago, you could go out to Barcelona and watch testing. It was pretty cheap, about 20 euros to get in for the day. And I remember sat there, and I think I saw on the first day of testing for us, four laps. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's um, I, I saying to someone on them on Twitter that saying how bad our testing was. I was like, well, Braun didn't even make their first test. Yeah, mm-hmm. didn't even show up because they weren't ready. Yeah. But the other thing is, we've been in Bahrain. If if something did break, how easy is it to get a new floor sent out? Yeah, yeah. We could do stuff pretty quickly when it was Barcelona overnight drive, and you know there was trucks arriving all the time and vans arriving from walking with stuff on so it was pretty rapid i guess this is evolution isn't it 
this is the new Formula One. This is now how it's going forward. Um, and I guess, like Mark says, you know, um, yeah, you got to suck it up. Suck it up, sunshine. Everyone else is doing the same stuff. So, yeah. And, I and think we and like you said, if it being the new Formula One, they're, they're do, if they're doing it for the right reasons, sort of, you know, so that so teams aren't sort of travelling back and forth too much, you know, carbon footprint, all that, all that sort of thing. Fair enough. So it's up, they're making it up to the teams to make the most of it themselves. And you know, while correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there are any sort of particularly bad warning signs for us in testing. Um, as I said before, just come back to it's the same for everybody else. We did the least amount of laps in testing. Uh, we were like a hundred, well, three, 312 laps in testing. I think Williams were the most, um, 439. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh no, sorry, Alfred Tauri, 456. They were like, we did it two thirds of what Alfred Tauri did. Yeah. But then again, it's not like they were topping the timings in the race this weekend. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't correlate to, Success, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I'd like personally, I'd like to see testing a bit longer over two weeks. Give them give them a bit of a chance to do stuff. But um, you know, uh, two things for me about F one testing is I really don't care about lap times. Doesn't really bother me too much. Teams are sandbagging. Other teams are going to you know, turn up the engines when Collie happens when the first thing, and you know, there's always somebody hiding something or something like that. But I'm not bothered about that. And the other thing is that things are going to break because that is testing. You want to be pushing that car to its absolute limit as much as you can, um, and getting you know, sort of, uh, like you said, getting rid of all the gremlins, really. Our, our wheel browse had a bit of issue during testing. Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, there's testing, fix them, that's fine. Ferrari's had an issue during qualifying. Now, it, I'd rather ours break during testing than during qualifying, but a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, Definitely. you know, nowhere near as bad as it was last year where we couldn't actually break. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's a lot of, I, I, you know, I wasn't too just down about testing, I was quite optimistic. Um, uh, you know, I had no illusions that we were going to go there and just, you know, beat Red Bull or anything like that. But you know, e- even in you know the tests and stuff like that, we, the car looks solid enough to work from as a base. So. Yeah, I think uh, Zach's comments coming out of testing were quite um, enlightening as well. Saying we missed a few targets, we've done a bit of a redesign halfway through the season, halfway through the. Um, planning. Um, I think he was downplaying expectations, and yeah. rightly so. Yeah, but you know, it's good good to have that bit of communication from the team as well. You know, because of that, I've not come, I've not gone into the race weekend thinking that we're going to magically find another sort of six tenths and be right over there at the top. Um, but you know, certainly. Um, It'd be worse if it was like, um, and you know, to, to quote Sarah, the Honda years, where we were saying things like, "Oh well, when we get to Spa, we'll have a engine that's just as fast as the Mercedes." 
you know, little, little did we know that they meant a Mercedes road car. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was quite telling that the time, the timing of the letter was very telling. The you know, the letter to fans, like you said, sort of outlining expectations. It's it, it, it's kind of akin to the football equivalent of the, the board of directors has full confidence in the manager. You know, we're we're, we're not going to be, you know, te- tearing strips up at, at, at any time soon. But you know, please bear with us. Which you know, as as fans, we will do. I, I, I don't think that stops it from being, you know, overall a, a pretty disappointing weekend, though. And yeah. I think we should be allowed to say that. I, I, I think you're right. I think tearing strips off people isn't going to do anything. But I think questions have to be asked. Absolutely. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've got a big question in my mind of what, you know, when did we start going downhill? And mm-hmm. the way that I look at it is, well, was that when James Key joined us? Is that, and do these things correlate? And now it's just me putting two and two together to get five in that respect because he's just one person in a bigger team and a bigger picture. So, you know. I think, you, I think it, you're right. And, and obviously he's going to be one of, you know, many thousand parts of the team which are contributing to its, you know, success or otherwise. I think what was very telling yesterday, probably with the exception of the of, of, the, of the Aston Martin, maybe the Mercedes engine isn't, all it used to be. Maybe I don't. I don't think it's as fast as the Honda. No, um, certainly. But I think. I think certainly... we're, if we're looking at personnel, it, that Red Bull is not designed by Adrian Newey as a one-man band. He doesn't hasn't designed every single flap and flange and uh, mm-hmm. air air conduit on it. Mm-hmm. But he's the figurehead. He's he's designed some amazing cars, Williams, McLaren, Red Bull. He's designed some brilliant cars, but we haven't got that kind of uh, legend uh, designing our car. Um, but we also know Adrian, who literally does not design every single bit on that car, yeah. uh, but he's that figurehead. And I think if we had that figurehead, I think it it might help. And I think, as we said, you know, with the, yeah, if you change the personnel, probably doesn't help. I mean, Andreas Seidel leaving when he did, and I know we've had some kind of continuity with Andreas Stella stepping up as opposed to you know, getting getting an external. But that that's still something that's potentially going to, you know, not 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 upset the team, as it were, but perhaps take us in a slightly different direction to to where we might have been going had he stayed. Yeah, 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 I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, let's let's just since we're kind of touching on it anyway, let's talk about the race weekend as well. And um, the a lot of you will notice that Sarah isn't here tonight. Unfortunately, she's ill, um, but she has sent a message. Um, and our message to her is obviously get well soon. Um, but uh, I'd like my message from afar to be that different fans have different ways of behaving, but that's but that I'm a supporter and I believe the best way to help the team get back up there is with our support and positivity. There are 700 people working their nuts off, so fans who tweet shit to the Twitter admin miss the point. She, they, her, him can't fix the car, right? Uh, so just put, give us a few positives. Firstly, um, 
they showed the graphic before the race that we had the fastest pit stop last year, um, and that still stands after the weekend, so she's clinging to that. Uh, secondly, Oscar had a, had a clean first race weekend from his point of view and popped his cherry. Blimey. Um, um, yes, I know he ended up retiring, but that was beyond his control. Fair enough, you know. Thirdly, I was happy that they kept Lando going. It would have been very easy to retire him, but used it as an additional testing session. So hopefully learn some stuff. And fanfare, he got the third fastest lap, so something positive there. In conclusion, we've struggled before. We don't ever seem to take the easy route, but we'll get back on track, I have faith. Now, one thing I would like to bring up is that obviously and I'm sure you guys have seen exactly the same over the weekend, some of the abuse that's been hurled at the um, at the Twitter admins and other people and calling other people out. And, um, you know, even even from some news outlets, like about how Dan Ricardo sat there, you know, drinking his 24 million pina coladas and laughing his ass off. Um, you kind of think, well, it's just a bit cheap shot, really, isn't it? And whilst... Um, we can all criticise the team. We're all within our rights to do that as a fan. We can all say, hang on, guys, what's happening here? You know, can we have some answers? Can we have this? But what's not acceptable is being abusive about it or being personal about it yeah. or, you know, just being downright rude about it. Um, we all got a right to ask what's going on or challenge things as fans. That's what we're here for. Um you know, but yeah, you know, I've, I and I've, I've put in the agenda, and I, I mean, this is one race for fuck's sake. There's yeah. 22 races to go. Um, you know, if this happens every race, then fine. At the end of the season, come back to me. I will g- gladly give you the microphone, and you can take over the podcast because obviously <laughs> I know fuck all. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm realistic. I don't think we're going to win this season. If we do, we'll look into it. Um, but we've got a chance of getting a podium. I think we've just got to get progress. We've got to get back on that right track. What I'm hearing from the team is that they were going down a route that was going to get them nowhere. That was going to get them nowhere in years to come as well, and they changed that now. Mercedes have come out and said exactly the same thing at this weekend. I don't see such a furor on Twitter about that. Um, you know, Aston Martin last year did exactly the same thing. Three or four races in, and everybody went, oh, they've just copied Red Bull. Well, they might have done, but look where it's got them this year, right? So is it such a bad thing that we're brave enough to turn around and say, oh, my God, we've got this wrong. Let's go this other route. And let's do it. It's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt us badly for the first half of this season. But coming towards the end of the season, hopefully we'll start to to pick up. We might still be behind, but we won't be the back of the field. We know that. Um, James Key said we're four weeks behind. Yeah. Um, because because of the changes, we're four weeks behind. and Four weeks is a long time in Formula 1. We all know that. But if only four weeks, we'll make it up. Yeah. We, we can we can do it. We've done a lot. We've had a lot worse of a car. Lando getting the third fastest time in race, in race trim, when everyone's on equal footing, 
he's done all right, especially as uh, we had to stop every 10 laps to fill up. <laughs> Yeah. Um, when you actually looked at the at the data and the stats, our race pace looked pretty decent. I, I I don't think we could have been maybe challenging the Astons, but I think then better the better than the rest of them was realistic. Um, you know, we've suffered <laughs> from reliability issues. It happens. It happened last season. You know, we had a race where we had a double DNF. It happens to all teams, not just us. It happened to Red Bull last year at the beginning of the year. You know, there's there's races where we're going to have these sort of things. It's just that something so obvious and, you know, as a hydraulic failure, these things happen. Normally, you retire the car at that point, but it's so obvious that it's happening because we're coming back in every 10, 15 laps to re-sort of do the, the hydraulics. But at least the team kept us out, kept them, you know, right, let's gather as much data as we can. We know what we're correlated against. We know what we're doing. We're actually getting data in a race, whereas if they'd just given up, what we would what we would have had? Uh, sort of 15 said, laps between them? I think if you I mean, go back to what you were saying originally at the start there, Andy, about people sort of, you know, calling the team out on, on, on social media about it, it it's something that we talk about, you know, on, on this podcast regularly. And, and it's disappointing that we need to, you know, keep keep doing it. I think all, all three of us, and I think we'll include Sarah in this as well, as as fans understand that it, that it is frustrating. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, how long all of us have been McLaren fans and remembering the Honda years and things like that, because, you know, every team goes through those. And, and, and yeah, it is disappointing that in, that in race one, we had one team, oh, sorry, one car pull out. For mechanical failure it's disappointing the other one probably would have done under other circumstances but the team wanted to take advantage of the extra testing time for for example so that so that's a positive and, and yeah zach was brave enough to come out with the with a letter say yeah we're, we're not where we should be at the moment we're, we're going to try our best to, to to make it up as fans we've got a right to be frustrated but we don't have a right to to, to abuse people and we should still be getting the answer what good does that abuse do? This is what I've never got my head around. Like, if I'm going to scream at someone and I'm going to tell them how rubbish they are and how they need to get a better job, that's not going to make my car go faster. Mm-hmm. That is going to do the opposite. It's going to distract them and put their attention onto something else. Plus, the fact that people they're screaming at do not touch the car. Yeah. They do not design anything on the car. They're screaming at social media admins who are great at what they do, but they are not engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and there are positives, like huge positives. Oscar had his very first F1 start, got through yeah. the first corner, which a lot of newbies do not. Mazepin, for example. Um, like he, he had some good laps, and he was racing at a good pace. Now, yeah. uh, Lando, before he had his issues, I think we were on for top 10. I think we were 8, 9, 10 kind of area, maybe for Lando. Um, he, he might have had to fight, maybe, maybe 11, but I, I think we might have got a point, and do you know what? A point in the first race isn't too bad. Plus, my favourite fact of the weekend, uh, Crofty said it on coverage, no one that's ever won the first race in the last like six, seven years has won the championship. We're still on for a championship, if that's the case. <laughs> I like your optimism. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to 2010, 2011, 2010. I can't remember which one it was. And I remember that that season we had a dog of a car for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And and Lewis was 
off the pace and everything like that. But I remember it was, you know, you were kind of like, right, well, we're going to have a bit of a not great season. We might get some wins. We might, you know, going back, you know, we we were regularly sort of topping timing charts before that and stuff like that and challenging and stuff. But I remember halfway through the season after the sort of, um, you know, something had fundamentally changed on that car and then it became a race-winning car again. And I think it was the next year, was it the next year that, or was it that year that Button had joined us? That, you know, that car was... 2010 he joined us. Yeah, so, so... possibly being the 2009 car then maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, became a race-winning car halfway through the season. But then everything else was shook up massively sort of around that time anyway. But, yeah, you know... You can't ride off a season after one race. No, not at all. No. God. No. Well, there, um, there were several people writing it off after testing. You know, yeah. and again, that's the kind of thing that happens every year. Whether it's you know, and, and you can blame whatever you want to drive to survive, social media, whatever you like for for, for these people sort of you know having their platform and voicing such ludicrous opinions. And again, I think you're on the, the sorry, 2009 season. Uh, it was Coverline and Hamilton. And the first half of the season, we were off. We were like 14, 15 points for the first eight races. Mm-hmm. Finished up on 71. But that first that season, the first race, we finished 19th and 20th out of 20 yeah. cars in the very first race. Yeah. We've had worse seasons. Uh, and at the end of that season, we actually finished third in the um, championship. Like McLaren finished third. Yeah. I'd take that. That'd be our best result for years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Social media. Uh, I have a very strict policy on social media. One negative tweet and I block you. I don't need that in my life. Uh, but McLaren can't do that. As much as they, they, they can do repeat offenders, block repeat offenders, at the end of the day, they're a business and a team. So they, they kind of need to have that engagement and they're, they're their metrics probably show number of engagements rather than number of people they blocked. So I feel sorry for those people that have to face that every day. Yeah, I think it's you know it's it's you know having sort of followed the growth of Twitter and Formula One at the same sort of time. I don't know whether it's just more prevalent now or what, but you see a lot more of it, and it's it's not nice. The more outrageous you tweet, the, the the higher sort of viewing numbers you're likely to get on it. Yeah. And 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 yeah, the, the, the therefore the nastier you can be, the more follows and so forth you're gonna get, which yeah. yeah. All right, let's just change tact a little bit. So um one thing that I would want to kind of touch on is Oscar Piastri. First race weekend. Um barring the issues with the car. I thought he did brilliantly. Came across really well when he was on interviews and everything else like that. Kind of get the feeling he's a bit like, not quite like when Lando came in, because Lando was still slightly immature, but he seems like he's got his head screwed on and seems to be, you know, right, this is my chance. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I've got to kind of get out of this, you know, both on, on the track and off the track. And I thought he came across really well. And 
uh, yeah, I reckon he's you know a good addition to the team. And I mean, only time will tell whether it's the right decision to drop Dan for Oscar. But I feel quite positive about it. I I, I really hope so. I, I think he he's so um, so fresh faced. Effectively, like the first few videos that came out on, on uh, McLaren's uh, social media. You could see him occasionally glance to Lando, like to see if they were if they were all right and if they were doing the right thing. And uh, I think he's still finding his feet. Lando's obviously going to be a team leader. Um, and he's finding his feet, but I don't know for having a year out of racing, which he did last year when he was sat on the on the sidelines to um, Alpine, um, to then come in and that first race and he didn't put a foot wrong. He he didn't crash. He didn't spin off. He didn't cr- like hit anything. He didn't stall on the grid. I think he had a great start, and there must have been so much pressure on him for the first race. Uh, I think he did grand, and you know, um, he's got a bit of character about him already, which he's showing. And he, he's it's nice to see that because you don't just want you know, not not everyone's going to be Ricardo in that personality. Uh, not everyone's going to be Vettel with the other statesman and stuff. And um, I think Piastri's good, coming across quite well. And I think that's important because I mean, we talked several times last year about, you know, after Dan, you know, after it was revealed that Dan was leaving, you know, who we thought, you know, should, should, should take his place. And I think we all had different opinions. I, I, I certainly thought Colton Hurter would have been a, would have been a pretty decent fit, but, you know, on reflection and taking into account what, what you guys have said there, I think teams are looking more, not more, more for people who have, you know, come through the, you know, the system that's in place already, you know, F3, F2, F1, you know, people who have been around the F1 paddock and are going to, you know, I don't want to use the word behave, but sort of certainly act in a way that is, is going to please the, the the sponsors, the teams, and, you know, and, and F1 themselves. I'm not saying there's going to be anything wrong with someone comes coming in from, from IndyCar or whatever, but I think they need to be more used to the environment around F1 if they're going to come straight into an F1 seat. Hey, talking of IndyCar, that that was a bit of a pick me up after um, Formula One on Sunday. Uh, we yeah. did all right over there. Yeah, yeah, I was I was good for Pat He's four laps to go. Yeah, it was he accidentally hit the pit limiter on the straight? Yeah, just um, he, 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 he did. Yeah, ran. It was um that pile up at the start was a bit um. Dangerous. Some of those cars getting launched were really quite violent, and I was like, "Yeah, but yeah, well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to have our IndyCar special further on in the season on the podcast. I'm sure Gino you know will, and Kenny will join us again. So it, it is great that having so many teams because like you can have a bad day in F1, have a great day in IndyCar, and then this weekend we've got um, Formula um, Extreme E. Sorry. Um, We've then got the shadow when it comes back in McLaren Shadow, where we've got um, Formula E every weekend at a time. It's great having so many teams. You don't you don't just have to worry about just a bad Sunday to uh, two o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, but I mean, I guess the main thing is we all want the Formula One team to do well. That's the, the you know the flagship out of a lot of it. So yeah, I think it's certainly that. Um, just uh, one last thing from me, and then I'll kind of took it out to the to the floor it was like um I, I know this also got lots of criticism on twitter and social media and stuff like that but um 
I was quite impressed with the uh, digital advertising that we put on the car um, this weekend. Uh, I've seen the concepts that they can use it on helmets as well and everything else like that, which would be pretty cool. Now, uh, you see things like this, like from an innovation point of view. Now, I know there was a lot of people on Twitter going, oh, it's just going to make the car heavier. There is no way they would have put that on the car if it made the car heavier. I can guarantee that. There's just no way they would have done that. Just, you know, you wouldn't take a panel off to put a heavier panel on just for advertising sakes. Um, just, yeah, you know, that goes against the whole essence of racing in Formula One. You know, when you when you underfuel a car so that you can get round because you're hoping that there's virtual safety cars and stuff like that so you can save lap time, you're not going to add... You know, I don't know how many grams it would be, but you're not going to add that to the car. Ridiculous. So, like, they can use that panel on any bit of the car. Yeah. And you see, there's shots inside the cockpit now. You see the um, chrome logos, and they're so prominent, so bright and bold that if you get that, I mean, you can get a uh, color screen rather than a black and white screen. But I think it's great. I think it's uh, Zach Brown going out and selling that to any advertiser. Who isn't jumping on board that? Yeah, it, it looks brilliant. I, I don't know enough about the technology to say whether it's you know heavier than the paint or whatever, but we're right. It, it looks brilliant. I'm sure I've seen it on indie cars. I'm pretty sure I've seen it in VA supercars on the the, the inside camera shots on there. I, I think the challenge for the team though is it, yes, it looks amazing, but we need then need to get the car in a position where Bob are going to want to sort of have us on camera enough to be able to show it off properly. Yeah. There was a point where Lando was competing, by the way, with um, uh, it was Hamilton. Who was Hamilton racing at the time? We were the fourth car back, and he was keeping pace, and he was closing up on um, Hamilton and Alonso, and he was closing up, and he had good pace in the car. And it's like we're finally seeing us on TV. That's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was when he'd been lapped, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's definitely <laughs> a lap down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the te- technology-wise, they're using sort of the Kindle e-ink stuff, aren't they? So it's mm-hmm. obviously black and white now. But, you know, this is where these things start and things change from and stuff like that now. Um, yeah, you know, it's... it's uh, One other stat that I came across at the weekend, which is not this race weekend related, but quite um, worth mentioning when we're talking about innovation, Um it's 40 years since we used the first carbon monocoque, isn't it? Is it? I think it is. I think that's yeah, what well, I, that a, I can believe. Wasn't that a feature on Sky F1 at the weekend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. So, you know, um, things like that, you know, it's worth celebrating something from 40 yeah. years ago. Um, <laughs> Well, especially in our 60th year, so two-thirds of our life we've lived in carbon fibre. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, I'd like to mention the competition last week and the winner mm. of the signed hat. Uh, we've sent it out. It's been received. Uh, Stevie Papaya or um, at Stephen online won the competition last week and he has the Lando Norris signed McLaren hat. So just well done to you, really. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I And just a reminder, that's Papaya. This is definitely an orange free zone. Until the only oranges that are allowed on here is if you're going to have some for a snack. 
Oh, yeah. right. Uh, well, we've got a couple of minutes left. So, anything else you guys want to bring up, or are we good? Should we wrap it up there? I think just the only other things were, um, you know, obviously, we don't want to end it on a low at all, but obviously, we were, we're probably the slowest of the Mercedes powered cars. And that sort of, like we said, starts to make you think about whether that's the power you need to be going with going forward. Do we need to do with, you know, what Red Bull have done and, you know, partner with someone else, but have it as a long-term thing, announce it for a couple of years' time. I don't know. There was talk a few weeks ago of Honda coming back and whether we'd be interested in that, but that's how, you know, we can talk about yeah. Honda off, in years. Off-season, let's yeah. fill some column inches off-season, I think, some of that. Yeah. Really. yeah. Um, Interesting thing that cropped up in this household was my partner was like, Red Bull have just won, they've dominated. Are they just going to pay a fine because they've overspent again all of last year? Is that their new business model? Just pay the massive fine overspend by as much as you like keep it 0.01% underneath the limit you're fine uh, for that to immediately come out on the very first race of the season slight bitterness but also like do we have to worry about cost cap again this year I don't know soon find out yeah they said they were going to publish it a lot earlier this year didn't they, didn't they? so soon find out the interesting days yeah but right. apart from that I'm good um, yeah until the next race or the next few races we will be back um, in April sometime early April when we'll probably round up maybe after the um, first Grand Prix in April which one is that is Australia isn't it so early April so yeah, yeah we'll, we'll come back after the Australian Grand Prix it's given us a couple of races and let's see where we are there and um, yeah you know we might be uh in a more celebratory mood, um, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's particularly down, but you know, it's not been our best weekend. But onwards, as they say, like um, one, one race in FFS. Yes. Yeah, um, forever forward. I think is the hashtag this year. So let's go for that. And uh, with that, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.